For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. The unsurpassed, profound, and wondrous Dharma is rarely met with even in a hundred thousand million kalpas. Now I can see and hear it, accept and maintain it. May I unfold the meaning of the Tathagata's truth. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. And happy Valentine's Day. So today we celebrate love. And I did a little research. I don't know how historically reliable this is, but uh, uh, it it is said that St. Valentine, for whom this day is named, uh, was a Roman priest, or perhaps even a bishop, he was uh, beheaded, executed in 270 or 273, uh, the sources say. Um, And uh, he he was beheaded for supporting Christianity at a time when it was illegal. It's said that um, he... uh, was so heretical to the Roman Empire as to perform weddings for Christians, for Christian couples. So that's uh, uh, maybe why St. Valentine's Day is considered a a, uh, celebration of romantic love, um, his performing Christian weddings. He also, um, it said, cut out hearts, uh, from paper and gave them to his parishioners. So that's part of our tradition of the, uh, celebrating Valentine's Day with hearts. Um, and uh, he also signed his notes, Your Valentine, which might sound familiar. So uh, I want to talk today about love. And from a Buddhist perspective, the topography or structure or anatomy of love might be defined by the 10 pra- transcendent practices, the 10 bodhisattva liberative practices. Uh, we held a, an all-day workshop on all 10 of these yesterday that some of you attended. Uh, so just to say the 10 are uh, generosity or giving, which is something that happens on Valentine's Day, uh, ethical conduct, patience or tolerance, effort or energy or enthusiasm, be the fourth. The fifth is meditative settling, meditation. And the sixth is prajnaparamita, the perfection or transcendent practice of wisdom, which I would uh, translate more as insight. And I'm going to talk about that particularly, but then there's four more. Skillful means, vow or commitment, um, also relevant on Valentine's Day. 
powers or abilities and how to use them. And then knowledge, which is not the same as wisdom. So I want to say a little bit about Prajnaparamita. We will chat the Heart Sutra at the end of this. So there are uh, many different Prajnaparamita Sutras, usually trans- translated as the Perfection of Wisdom Sutras. Uh, the Heart Sutra is one of them. There's also the Diamond Sutra, the Perfection of Wisdom Sutra in 8,000 lines. And then there's one that's in 100,000 lines. So, um, and then there's others. But uh, at any rate, as a practice, Prajnaparamita is about, um, well, we can say wisdom, but more insight, seeing what's true, seeing into any particular situation, seeing the fullness of any particular situation seeing clearly just what is in front of us. So we can, we can take prajna as a verb to see into the heart of whatever is happening, whatever is we're involved with in our life, to see clearly. Uh, so this is also about seeing the sameness of all beings, seeing the emptiness of all, of all so-called objects, seeing the interrelatedness of each person or thing or being. Uh, so um, we, could tra- we could talk about, uh, em- about prajna as realizing sameness or oneness, or, or we could talk about it as suchness rather than emptiness, just to see this situation. So all of the 10 aspects of love, the ten uh, paramitas in Buddhism, are informed by and, in some sense, sponsored by Prajnaparamita, wisdom or insight. Uh, But I want to talk today particularly, even though, you know, uh, in the consumerist holiday of Valentine's Day, where we're supposed to buy gifts and so so forth, and where we can celebrate romantic love, which is wonderful, uh, I want to talk today, though, about love of country and patriotism. So, um, patriotism is not about uh, supporting one particular, it's not the same as tribalism, it's not supporting one particular part of the country, one particular ethnicity or race, one section of the country. And of course, it's not separate from also loving beings all over the world. So one of our precepts is to benefit all beings. So patriotism is not at the exclusion of, oh, sometimes it's called globalism, but just seeing the value and worthiness of all beings. But I've I've, uh, driven across the United States a couple of times. It's a beautiful land. And I love America, or I love uh, many things about America. I love jazz and rock and roll and Hollywood movies and baseball. (laughs) Um, Many wonderful things about American culture that we can celebrate. Uh, But in the context of loving my country, I have to say and talk about today what's happened in the last week, uh, that the so-called Republican Party has formally, officially declared itself to be a party of white supremacy 
and of domestic violence. I don't say that lightly, but it's very clear. So, um, yesterday, thanks to 43 Republican senators, Donald Trump was acquitted of inciting and sponsoring and supporting the violent uh, terrorist mob that that attacked our capital on January 6th. And uh, if you followed what was, what was uh, reported in the last several days, it's very clear that uh, Donald Trump was responsible. He incited it. He was uh, communicating with members of the mob dur- as, during the attack, sending tweets that they were yelling out on, on bullhorns, the terrorists. The, the violent people, and that it was much, much worse than we than we realized on January 6th. And when he was acquit, formally acquitted by the Senate yesterday, Donald Trump celebrated and said, we'll be back. We're just beginning. So uh, our country's in danger. And um, I have to say something about that. So I want to also say that uh, Buddhism is not Uh, just about being nice. Buddhism is about peace, but also in terms of Prajnaparamita, it's about speaking truth and seeing what's really happening. So Donald Trump incited this mob for months and months supporting acts of violence. It was predictable what happened January 6th. and he said he declared that the election was a fraud, that uh, he won by a big majority. Of course, the courts and Republican officials in various states all refuted that. There was no evidence of that. But what he meant by it was a fraud is that uh, because of black people in Detroit and Philadelphia and Atlanta and in Milwaukee, those particular states, that's, how, that's why he lost. And how dare black people vote? That's what he meant when he said it was a fraud. If it would have just been white people voting and not black people or Native American people or Latinx people, um, yeah, he probably would have won. So the Republican Party, by quitting him, again, is officially a party of white supremacy. There's just no other way to say it. And I'm not talking about the people who voted for Trump, necessarily. I'm talking about the leadership of the Republican Party nationally. So in some ways, it's not about Trump. It's about the Congress people, the the Republican Party officials who supported Trump, even when they um, said that... uh, he had done this. So Mitch McConnell, as a prime example, the head of the Republican Party in the Senate, um, vote, vote, talked about how Trump had, yes, that, they, that, the, that the Democratic um, congressional management had proved that, that Donald Trump incited this violent mob, supported it, brought it together, and created this assault, this treason, this sedition against the American democracy and American country, but he voted to acquit. 
And Mitch McConnell said he voted to acquit because Trump was no longer the president. And Trump was no longer the president when the trial happened because Mitch McConnell himself refused to have a trial until after he was until after he was no longer president. I mean, you know, the statements that that Republican leader party leader should make are just <laughs> obvious hypocrisy. But they do it in support of their uh, party of white supremacy and violence and terrorism. I have to say this uh, because I'm speaking of love of country. Um, Probably many of you saw parts of the hearings, but just to say some of what we now know happened that we didn't really know until recently. And there's more information always coming out. But um, for example, um, the crowd was chanting, hang Mike Pence, and they moved into the Capitol and literally were hunting for Mike Pence and for Nancy Pelosi, the House Democratic leader. And in the middle of that, in the middle of this uh, terrorist assault, that was being shown on television, including on Fox TV that that Mr. Trump watches, Republican officials were calling Donald Trump and pleading with him to stop it. And many of them said, these were were Republican leaders, Governor Chris Christie, for example, but many others said that only Donald Trump could stop this. He had brought it together and uh, only he could stop it. And he received a call from a Republican senator, or he called a Republican senator who was a supporter of his and said, I, who said, I can't talk now. They're just, they've just led Mike Pence out. After which, um, Trump tweeted uh, attacks against Mike Pence. So he tried, basically tried to have his own vice president assassinated. Um, And also he delayed, even when he was pleaded with to send in the National Guard to support the Capitol Police, he he delayed that. He didn't do that. He never was involved in calling in the National Guard, who arrived several hours later. Um, So the Capitol Police um, were incredibly brave. 140 of them were injured. One was killed. Two committed suicide afterwards. Uh, One lost his eye. Others uh, have, one, one is paralyzed because of injuries to his back. It was just, they, the house manager showed just brutal, brutal, vicious attacks by this Trump mob, this white supremacist mob who uh, included people with, with Auschwitz uh, uh, T-shirts saying six million was not enough, referring to the Holocaust. So probably maybe all of you know about all of this, but I I feel like I have to speak about it. Um, It came very close to being mass murder. It very easily, almost very, very close to to, uh, senators and Congress people, dozens of them being slaughtered didn't happen. 
thanks to the bravery of some of the Capitol Police. So I'm going to send a valentine out to uh, Eugene Goodman. He was the black Capitol policeman who um, made himself a target and led the uh, assaulters, the mob, away from the open Senate door. He also personally saved the life of Mitt Romney, who was unbeknownst walking towards the mob and uh, Eugene Goodman uh, got him to, to run away from it. Um, so there were a lot of brave uh, Capitol policemen who were totally overwhelmed by numbers because they didn't get support and backup from the National Guard. Um, so again, I, I probably many of you know all of this, but I just I want to make sure because it's important to understand again, that the Republican Party is now officially a party of white supremacy and violent terrorism, at least its leaders. Many of us have family or friends who may have voted for Trump. Some Sangha members, I think, voted for Trump. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the the leadership of the official Republican Party. Uh, Just a few other things. Well, again, um, these uh, uh, marauding terrorists were were within, you know, yards of some of the some of their targets, and that who managed to escape. Nancy Pelosi's staff hid behind a door that they barricaded in in another room. Um, I mentioned uh, uh, Mitt Romney being very close to the mob. they were looking for Nancy Pelosi. They were look, They were yelling, hang Mike Pence, at the encouragement of the president. Um, so again, um, I say this, uh, you know, uh, uh, well, I'm, I am, I will... Uh, admit to being angry about this. Uh, Again, Buddhism is not about just being nice. Buddhism is about being peaceful. But what does that mean? Uh, Our precept about anger, so this is part of the ethical conduct, transcendent practice. Our precept about anger says not to harbor ill will. So I don't personally wish harm physical harm to any of these white supremacist Republican leaders and senators or to the, to the, um, to, to the white supremacist terrorists who Trump incited and, and led to the Capitol. Um, it's not about that. I do wish that they did not, did not have any power, that those senators should have recused themselves because a lot of them contributed to this. Uh, I, I think they're perhaps more responsible for what happened and what we still face as a danger than Trump himself. They supported him. They went along with the, the obviously false disinformation about the election being a fraud. 
And they don't say it's because black people were allowed to vote, but that's what they mean. So our precept about uh, anger, one of the 16 Bodhisattva precepts that we follow, says not to harbor ill will. There's a commentary on the anger precept that says, if you don't get angry when it's, if you don't feel anger when it's appropriate, that's a violation of the precept. So uh, I would say love is more about speaking truth than about being nice. And seeing clearly. So again, I don't wish any of these senators or Mr. Trump personal harm. I wish they did not have any power to interfere, to, to, to harm the country. And perhaps, uh, you know, and they all talk, and now, <laughs> afterwards, they talk about unity and moving on and being nice. <laughs> um, but w- without accountability, we can't be united. We know what these people did. So uh, without wishing them personal ill will, probably for their own good, some of them should be in prison. These these Republican leaders, in my opinion. So I'm not speaking for Buddhism or for ancient dragon Zen gate. I'm just saying what I see. And, you know, in some ways this is not a unique event. Black people know that there's a 400-year-old history of slavery, and since the Civil War of lynching, actually it was before that too, this was a lynching of our capital. And they had a, they had a gallows and a hangman's noose that was ready for Mike Pence if they caught him. That's just incredible. He's one of, been one of the most loyal of all the Republicans, Trump's vice president. And yet they were calling hang Mike Prince, Pence and Fade. And they came so close to doing it. Uh, I mentioned uh, Officer Eugene Goodman, who uh, directed them away from the open Senate. There were many other uh, Capitol Police and staff and, and, and other people who were, who were in some ways under assault. Um, and I don't know if it was Eugene Goodman or one of the other black Capitol policemen, but after everything was cleared, after, after at the, at the orders of my, of Donald Trump, when he finally, finally said after several hours, uh, I, we love you, please go home though. You've, you know, basically you've proved your point or something. Uh, and they, and they immediately were, were you know, announced his his orders. <laughs> so they were they were working at the at the orders of Donald Trump. But after that, when the when the uh, terrorist, domestic terrorists, whatever you want to call them, white supremacists, were cleared from the Capitol, one of the black Capitol police officers went into the rotunda and broke down crying for 15 minutes. And he said, amongst other things, I was called the N-word 15 times. And he talked about how terrible this was. And then he said, is this America? So that's what we face. And I'm talking about this today 
um, because I feel responsible to talk about it. And what we do about this depends on voting, depends on speaking to representatives and congresspeople and senators, uh, and speaking to each other about this, this white supremacy danger that we all face, whether we're, whether we're black or Latinx or Asian or white. This is a, a threat to the safety and the well-being of our whole country. So again, uh, this is uh, of a piece from, this is something we have to face, that this is an issue for our whole country. And uh, at Age of Dragons and Gate, we now have a Friday morning after Friday morning Zazen, uh, uh, Dylan Tarapod is leading a, a, a anti-racist discussion group, which has been really um, helpful and instructive. And you're all welcome to join that Friday mornings, Sazan at 8, and then 8.30, the discussion. Um, and we have um, uh, black speakers coming in next week. Brisha uh, Wade is a former Sangha member talking about her new book. I'll announce more about that in announcements. But um, this is not just something we can ignore because we have what we all, we have white privilege. We're safe. This is something that is a that is a threat to everything we might love about our country. So part of Sangha is to offer a space to look at these things and to speak together. And, um, and of course, we don't, you know, this is not something that's going to be fixed or solved, you know, in one election or whatever. I'm not speaking as a member of the Democratic Party. I'm independent. I hope the new administration will help take care of getting vaccines to people and getting past the COVID pandemic and will address the, an, another huge threat we face, which is climate damage. But, um, you know, we're all citizens. So, uh, they used to have a long time ago when I was in grade school and high school, we used to have civics classes and talk about what it means to be a citizen. Politics is not just a matter, you know, again, this isn't about politics. This is about basic decency, I would say. But it's, that's not something that, you know, is, is relegated to, you know, November when we have elections. So, this, so love in Buddhism on St. Valentine's Day is about speaking truth, speaking truth to power, seeing clearly, and then being willing to listen to each other. So um, maybe I've said everything that I wanted to say. Uh, I'm looking at my notes. (laughs) So this is uh, how we can see what is happening in our country, in our world. And 
Again, I'm not talking when I say that the Republican Party officially is a party of white supremacy and and violent extremism. I'm not talking about all the people who voted for Trump. Many of our family members and friends may have done so. But uh, how do we talk about love? And how do we talk about real patriotism, underpinning that real love of country? And not hatred. So practicing with anger is not about uh, harboring ill will, not about holding onto grudges or resentment or wishing ill to the particular people who sponsored, the Republican Party leaders who sponsored this and supported this uh, sedition and and treason, to call it that. But it's about seeing what's going on and then how do we respond? So one principle for all the transcendent practices or paramitas, the 10 I mentioned is, what is an appropriate response? How do we uh, respond appropriately to what's in front of us? How do we see it clearly? And then how do we practice generosity and skillful means and commitment? and use of our abilities, and use of our knowledge. So again, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, Maybe I've said it as much as I need to say, and I want to open this for your comments, questions, responses, discussion, and I want to listen to what you say. And... um, see how we can talk about this together. So um, there's a lot of people on Zoom now. David Ray, maybe you can help me if you are not visible. You can, if you're, you can hold up your hand if you're visible, or else you can go to the participants box in the bottom, and uh, there's uh, a raised hand feature. And Paul Disco has already raised his hand. So Paul, hi. Hello. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. You're up. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Um, I think I think it is good to remember that we're looking at this from the eyes of Buddhism, and and that relationships um, on this on this day we focus on relationships for some reason, but. We have to realize that we are flawed, deluded human beings in relationship with another flawed, deluded human being, and that we have to not expect it to be different than that. And hopefully that with um, focusing on our own prop, on our own uh, on our own contribution to this problem, we can make make uh, make space for somebody else to be in our life uh, in their in their own with their own understanding of who they are and how they are <clears throat> it's a, it's a slow building proposition and a not not necessarily an easy one and i think this holds true for our for our greater government as well um there's 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 an obvious problem when people, when people start uh, waving guns and, 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 
and breaking things, just like in a relationship, it's not, it's not acceptable to have domestic violence in a relationship. And it's not acceptable to have domestic violence in a political in our political sphere either. But on the other hand, we also don't want to be in a position where we're making people into the the enemy. That's 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 not that's not helpful. In this case, it's probably very useful. I'm I'm quite I'm quite quite not pleased is not the right word, but I'm encouraged by this show of of insanity and 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 stupidity and narrow-mindedness that these that was ex- exhibited in the attack on these on the Senate because it makes it visible to the rest of to the rest of America and to the rest of the world and and until things are visible you can't work on them so I think this is a great advantage to us to have this happen have this happen in 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 a way that we that it's irrefutable that it's a problem. I mean, it, no one's, it's hard to say, it's hard for anyone to defend this activity as, as a good thing. So I think this is a plus a plus for us, and and it, and it shows that we really need some serious need to do some serious work. But but serious work, there's only one person, and from a Buddhist point of view, that we can do serious work on, and that's ourselves. So it means that we need to double down, <clears throat> examine who we are, find, settle, settle ourselves on ourselves, and see who we really are. See how we contribute to this to misunderstanding between ourselves and others, and how we contribute how we contribute to the misunderstanding of of our governance. And and when, since this is a racially divided country, and we have these people that feel that because they're white. They have they have they have a, a, a special a special place in this country, and being 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 white myself, I I I can acknowledge how I've been able to do things in this world that that my my cousins and relatives that are black couldn't do, <clears throat> but um, it just means that we have more we have more more we have to put in more effort to to counteract. This, this injustice. Also, we have to realize that we also are, we, we, we all are, are involved in, in an American, in American supremacy, in American exceptionalism, and we all live off the fat of the rest of the world because of our system of exploitation, international exploitation, bringing all of this wealth into the United States. And at, at the expense of the of the of the, of the certainly at the expense of the developing world, of what just coffee, what we have to pay for coffee for a cup of coffee compared to what some some worker in Central America gets paid for picking those coffee beans. I mean, it's we live we live we live off the exploitation of the rest of the world. So we can't we can't no matter where we come from, what what our background is, just being Americans, we are already. In a, in, a, in, a, in a state of, of, of taking advantage of the world. So I don't, I'm not, I think we need to be careful about casting aspersion and, and making good guys and bad guys. We're all, we're all of this together. We all are, are creating a problem that, that needs to be dealt with. And we need to start the first place where we have some leverage and that's in our own personal lives. Thank you. Thank you very much, Paul. I totally uh, agree with everything you said. Uh, thank you. Other other people.
other comments, responses, questions? Yes, uh, Randy Hester. Uh, we can't hear you, Randy. You're still muted. Randy, you're still muted. Um, sorry. Want to hear what you have to say. Uh, one more time. Oh, yes. I, we heard that. Hmm. Okay. okay. I don't understand. Yeah. All right. Just later on. <laughs> okay. We'll go back to you, Randy. Other comments, responses? Oh. Okay. Can, can you hear me now? Yes. Go ahead, Randy. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, okay. So I wrote a few. Uh, when you were saying um, Buddhism isn't about nice but being peaceful, whatever that may mean, that's so so true. And, and we think of an appropriate response. And uh, what I thought of when you're talking about how close we came to on the six, they also thought of the, the, just the seventy thousand votes uh, over the top in those states that um, reelect or that elected uh, our current president and. Um, I was listening to the historian, presidential historian, Michael Beschloss last night, and what he said just was stark. I mean, he said, if Trump were reelected, the administration would be very possibly begin to use the IRS against perceived enemies uh, and anyone who voted against them and shut down and shut down the free media. Um, and then my thought about that was earlier today before before I've listened to your talk was that the U.S. has declared just wars in the past. They've also declared unjust wars in the past. And from my way of thinking, you know, war is a dangerous word because, you know, it's like like the so many people are complaining about the word fight, you know, but these are these are these are words. And I was thinking about the Revolutionary War being a just war, the Civil War being a just war, World War Two. Even Afghanistan, with all the problems that arose from that, uh, I don't know about the Korean War. I'm not, not a historian, and certainly not Vietnam and Iraq. But um, so I have to think of this in context of the Civil War in a way, like a continuation of the Civil War. What has happened, and and um, and I think what we do about it as citizens, we speak out, just like you were saying, Ian, um, and do what is lawful and proper to make laws against the possibility of insurrection and then the danger of that of course is going too far 
and impinging on free speech. So it's it's a very difficult problem, and um, I just wanted to to share that. Thank you, Randy. Yes, uh, it is a very difficult problem. And just to you know echo something that uh, Paul Disco said. Yes, we're all involved. We all have you know this product this prevalent white supremacy racist culture we're in affects all of us and we all have to look at how we are part of that um and uh, yeah anyway there's so much to say but uh yeah. i'll shut up <laughs> somebody else anyone all right yeah somebody else would like to speak kathy bing am i Thank you for your talk, Tigan. This has definitely been a disturbing era, period of time. Um, I was, uh, yeah, I'm thinking how to set this up. I read an article uh, that somebody posted um, from The Atlantic about how fractionated the U.S. population has become um, and polarized. And there was some prediction in it that... um, that Trump being voted out, that possibly the his following might decrease some, even though he still certainly is a danger. I agree. I think, um, but 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 talking about that, if people who have followed him now see some of the uh, extremes he goes to, you know that there will be some, and there already have been some people who have pulled away from him. Uh, and I th- and the comment was, uh, you know, on the left, we can be very um, angry and um, we have to make space for people who are willing to come back to the middle to come back. You know, I think in the people who are um, in the democratic or independent or more liberal zone, I think we have to be careful that we don't create walls that don't allow people to move back toward the middle, you know, who have, who have been more on the right, um, who, who might be trying to do that. Uh, and, uh, so it's like a balance there, uh, of, uh, needing to call these things out. And at the same time, um, how to open the door for people to come back to the, closer to the center. Does that make sense? Um, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. And, and so I thought the article was useful because I think there's so many things that I read that, that are um, angry and, and they're important to point them out. Uh, but there's also a need for sorting out how do we begin to think about um, people who might be trying to come back toward the center. Uh, and, and that is a tough one for me personally. And I think in general. Thank you, Kathy. Other comments, responses, reflections. And David Ray, please help me if I don't, if I miss some hands. Eileen's hand up. Okay, thank you. Eileen. Uh, thank you, Tigan, for your talk and for everyone else, your comments. I um, wanted to add to what Kathy just said. 
and that uh, I totally agree. I think it's so important. Um, and, and, and it goes to what Paul was saying also is that we don't polarize further basically. Um, and, and one of the things I've been saying for a long time is you have a white supremacist party, but there's more to it than white supremacism. Um, there's that, that disaffection that gave fuel to the fire. Um, and somehow or other that needs to be addressed uh, in a big global way. And I, I don't, I, that, I think that has to come from the, the government, um, the executive government, and, but, but not just that. I, and I, I really, I usually have a grand idea for about everything <laughs> or a fantasy. And, and this, one, this one stumps me a bit, um, but it's extremely important. This started, um, Trump was able to do what he did because of a disaffection and people who felt that they weren't being heard weren't being listened to and he listened to them and uh, gave them the responses, uh, the wrong response. He heard them and then gave them the wrong response. He, he did a lot of that. He got a lot of things right and then did the exact wrong thing um, in my opinion. So how, how do we as Buddhists, as human beings um, approach that? How do we not turn, turn, all of the uh, all of those people into monsters because they're just going to start acting like monsters more. <laughs> it just feeds feeds the fire. So that's just a question. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Just briefly, uh, yes, it's uh, n- not harboring ill will. It means not demonizing anyone, but looking at what's act- what people are actually doing and responding and. Uh, I sympathize with the feeling of wanting to uh, support the middle, whatever that is, but um, the polarism, the polarity, the polarism is not just in one direction. Uh, uh, Black people feel threatened every day now. So uh, as white people, most of us, uh, how do we just recognize that? And then again, how do we look at our own part in all of this? So, thank you all. Uh, other comments? Uh, yes, uh, Rona. Thank you, Taigen, for a very emotional talk, I think. Uh, well, uh, I'm not an American, so maybe I don't feel the uh, the pain as you do. But uh, when you talked about the um, uh, love for your country, I couldn't help thinking about um, uh, going to the army because uh, here in Israel, you turn 18, you finish high school and you go to the army. It's not that, that you have much to say about that. Um, and also in school, you get um, educated for hating your enemy, which are um, right now, which are Arabs mostly. And, and there are Israeli Arabs. So it's very confusing. And, and in the army, you get washed with um, a lot of violence. And well, just makes me think about, um, I used to really love my country. Like I, 
to uh, to to go to the army and to serve my country and then you know just 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 do it without even thinking just because i love it so much and 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 now that i think about it um the love for my country has changed like i love i love different parts of the country and and i love other things but i'm not sure i can see my government as something um that is the maybe manifestation of like something that is a part of my country i don't see my government at all as a part of my country although it is um because it's so separate for from what i feel from for my country so i really i i feel your pain we also have a dictator on uh the government now so um that's it i think thank you thank you very much rona for giving us a, a viewpoint from from israel and uh as i talked about patriotism I, i think love of country does not is not equal to love of our particular government or government officials and um So again, I don't want to demonize all Republicans at all or all Trump voters, and I appreciate what Kathy said. It's the particular leaders of that, this particular party who are now declaring themselves really to be violent white supremacists or to support that. Uh, but yeah, um, how do we see love of our love of country in a very inclusive way and to love our culture and to love? Our land and people um, and uh, the United States was founded on <laughs> not uh, blind allegiance to the government in that time the government of King George of England so it's uh, this is complicated but thank you thank you uh, other comments other reflections your hand is up sorry Ira. Oh, Ira. Yes, hi. Thank you for your talk. Um, I, I, I may have sort of a simplistic <clears throat> idea, but I do think that, um, you know, education, a good education across the board throughout this country is a really important aspect and um, when I came to America when I was eight you know I got violin lessons in Berkeley uh, in my public school um, the public school I attended and it was only in high school that I having moved into different parts of the country I lived in New Jersey and Houston and then we moved back to California and then I went to boarding school and actually the California schools were terrible and they did pass a law in California I mean I could make a case with my parents to go to this boarding school and um, after experiencing the New Jersey schools and the Houston schools and they, they passed a law where the increase in tax if you owned a home in California because prices were going up you your taxes didn't go up very fast and 
because they didn't want older people to be out of a home because the values were going up. And we, and they, what they also did was they gave corporations the same right. So corporations like Chevron have huge properties, but they also got their taxes that go to education capped. And um, though they could afford to pay to support public schools, and they tried to undo that, seeing the loophole that was there for the corporations, and it didn't pass in this last election. So California is still somewhat depleted of its what it would need to have a real, in terms of finances, have a really wonderful education system for in the public schools. And people who can afford it will send their kids to private school or live in a very good neighborhood. But I think private schools are better than even the schools in very good public, you know, public schools in very wealthy neighborhoods. So there's a problem here, I think, in terms of education. I think, you know, the civic classes you had when you were a child and that to some extent that I experienced as a child in America in, in public school, it's not the same, I believe, uh, but maybe some states, like I think Illinois is better off in public school education than than California. So to me, that's so core to give people an opportunity and also to make them feel like the country cares about them or there's, it shouldn't be just the state. It should be like, we need to educate everyone, all the children in a very rich way. Because that's really the future of the demo- of democracy. We may have a lapse now. <laughs> you know, we've gone down. So that's one thing. And then I, I do think that the um, that uh, the internet. I've always kind of felt like you know, when, with television too. When I had my children were born, we pretty much stopped. You know, started eating organic food and stopped watching television. And I would say to people well, would you just open your front door and let anybody walk in? And that's kind of how, you know, you can be selective with television, but with the internet, you're just opening the door and anybody who's just passing by can come in. So the kind of care about that and then these divisions that have occurred because of everyone going to their own, um, hearing themselves basically where they choose to listen to their news. So, those are two things that I really feel are big things, but I think they're foundational. Thank you very much, Ira. Just a brief comment that, yes, education is so important and what's happening and the situation for our children now under the pandemic is, is really difficult. And, um, you know, our Sanka has two grade school teachers uh, two guys who are grade school teachers in it, and they're struggling now in the Chicago public schools with uh, going back to work and without uh, pandemic safety anyway. But I, I, but I want to s- say something about education in a wider sense that just uh, that in some ways our practice is about education. I, said, I was ca- talking about it in terms of love, but all of our practice and our sangha and these discussions are about uh, educating ourselves. So listening to everyone and all these viewpoints um, 
as Paul was saying, we have to see how we each in ourselves are uh, involved. So uh, maybe Buddhism is about adult education or lifelong education, although children are certainly welcome here. But um, yeah, uh, how, how do we take care of children and how do we uh, support each other to have deeper education? So thank you very much, Ira. Thank you. Uh, Eve, it's her, your turn. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say I, I totally agree with Ira's points and um, and they're linked that one of the problems with our educational system has been that people don't get enough support in developing critical thinking and then that affects how you interpret everything um, and I, I also think that, you know that Buddhism does help develop that um, develop the skill to um, respond rather than React um, and uh, and to see the space sometimes between you know people's words and their actions um, and I you know as citizens um, I I guess the best thing to do is 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 yeah try to figure out how uh, we can support. Um, you know, better education for all and, and, and to support measures that don't leave it um, dependent on, on property tax. Um, Tigan, I mean, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh and my parents moved us from the city to Mount Lebanon in 1972 because precisely because of, of they felt we would, we're going to get a better education um, in the suburbs and um, because it wasn't the same, uh, you know, it was in the city. And my mother taught in the city at that point, and she saw what was happening. So, um, but, you know, not everyone has parents who will do that. And, and, and it's, not, it, it's not a fair and equitable system. Thank you, Eve. Other comments, questions, responses? Please feel free. Yeah, Jason? Hi, thanks everyone. Um, this this um, conversation makes me think a little bit about um, my own family's history. I'm a... I was born in Colorado, but my uh, my family's a Southern family, and they left the South because of racism, um, essentially. And they did not buy into the lost cause narrative that fuels so much of what we're talking about in terms of white supremacy and the, the trickle-down notions of what that ideology now gives us today. And I think in some regards, coming from that very got to get out of the South because of racism, there's still a lot of baggage in my own family and in my own personhood that's tied up with that lost cause narrative, which I'm also hearing to some extent, um, 
like talking about allowing space for others to swing back to center. And I know in my own life, if I see a Trump flag or a Confederate flag or even a Blue Lives Matter flag, I'm pissed. Um, So even allowing the space for, you know, the left for myself to swing back to center to in some ways actually give up that loss cause narrative that I see so often. Um, I think that's a very valuable point. And um, well, Buddhism talks about holding up a mirror. And I think I often need to hold up a mirror for myself more often. That's all. Thanks. Thank you, Jason. So this is a huge topic. Um, it's, it's, will be, you know, we, this is the legacy of 400 years of slavery and racism and lynching. Uh, so we're not going to solve this in one discussion or in one month or one year, but how do we start looking at it more fully? Uh, is I feel part of our responsibility, looking at it within ourselves, but then also looking at what's going on around us. Uh, any last uh, comments, responses, questions? Maybe we have time for one or two more. Yes, hi, Thor. Go ahead. Hello, everyone. Um, I guess for me, I see the the rise of intolerance and white supremacy going hand in hand with a period of rising inequality, socioeconomic inequality in the United States. And I think that these two are very interconnected. And I appreciate also Paul, you know, uh, reminding us of how we live in systems of international inequality and exploitation. So I guess my question is, are there particular texts or teachings in Buddhism, tools in the in the toolkit, so to say, that help us to address inequality or improving our skillful means in addressing inequality in general, in all of its forms. Yeah, good question. And I think a lot of uh, Buddhist teachers and sanghas are looking at that question. And I started by, by talking about the 10... Transcendent Practices, which is one of the many, many systems of um, looking at what bodhisattva practices, how do we respond appropriately and helpfully and not harmfully. So, you know, I, I could hold that up and talk about each of those 10 in terms of how it might be applied to responding to the inequality, which you, I think, correctly flag as one of the you know, part of the heart of the issue. Um, so, you know, skillful means you mentioned, commitment to uh, to look at this, to keep looking at this, to, to say or do something when it might be helpful. Skillful means isn't about, you know, perfectly knowing what to do. It's about trial and error and, and uh, making mistakes, but uh, being open to looking at it. Patience not as a passive practice, but as an active practice of looking at what's going on, waiting until we can respond appropriately and helpfully, uh, 
anyway, each of the 10 that I mentioned, generosity, certainly ethical conduct, each of those can be applied to the questions. And I appreciate your uh, repeating what Paul was saying about how this isn't just an issue of uh, the inequality to black people and Native American people and Latinx people in our country, but our country is, you know, not the only country where white supremacy is an issue, but certainly we uh, uh, have exploited countries around the world and continue to do so. And we continue to support a so-called defense department with a huge budget. 53% of our, of our budget goes to military and that defense department didn't help the almost 500,000 people who were dead of COVID. So, yeah, all of this is something we have to look at. And I think that Buddhist practices are not solutions, but they give us ways to look at it and to think about how to respond. The precepts, the transcendent practices, the Eightfold Path, all of these are, you know, right livelihood, for example, uh, Huge challenge, very relevant to all of us now. How do we find a way to support ourselves that does not cause this harm? And 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 also to acknowledge that we're all part of the web of the interconnected web of um, harm and oppression, just by virtue of our situation as white privileged, mostly white privileged, um, being in America compared to people in uh, Southeast Asia or Africa or uh, Latin America. So it's a huge, huge issue. And so um, patience but, and watchfulness, but also being willing to try and respond helpfully. Uh, but these aren't, these aren't solutions, but these are ways of starting to look at well, what can we do. So thank you for that. And thank you to everybody who's uh, offered some uh, comments. If we have time for one more, if anyone has something else they want to share. Uh, I don't see anyone. So uh, David... uh, um, Oh, Ira has her hand up again, and Paul has his hand up again. So, okay, Ira first. Um, I, in re- listening to everyone and sort of the enormity of the problem, you know, the global aspect and historical aspect in, within America and so on, I, it's hard not to feel uh, somewhat... Uh, what's the word, immobilized in some sense about what to do. I mean, or so, so I think for me, just listening to everyone in a way gives the possibility of just a little opening because it, it's just, um, it sort of, it feels almost impossible, you know, the, the weight of the burden and the problem. Um, so. Yes. Uh, thank you for saying that. I think it's very, very, very easy to feel overwhelmed now. It's, you know, and so I hesitate to even talk about these things, but that's sort of my job. Um, 
you know, we've had 11 months of a pandemic, which even for those of us who are in relatively comfortable situations, quarantining at home, it's wearying, it's tiring, it's difficult. And we don't know how much longer it's going to go on. We need to continue to be vigilant about that. We're in the face of climate crisis and, uh, and this, uh, this uh, racist legacy in our country and the world and so forth and so on. It's very easy to feel overwhelmed. And, and that's where the, the Buddhist practices do come in. So one of the 10 uh, transcendent practices I mentioned is the practice of effort or energy or enthusiasm. And it's a real practice. It's not just some idea. How do we actually pay attention to our energy and our enthusiasm and our willingness to be present and patient, but give our energy to uh, not feeling overwhelmed, to looking at what's going on, to seeing, is there some way to respond, to talking about it together? And that doesn't mean that we don't take a rest sometimes, you know, as you were saying, not watching television, uh, just, you know, uh, taking time to go for a walk or just enjoy our breath or just listen, you know, uh, how do we give ourselves a break from feeling overwhelmed? Uh, so um, thank you. Um, Paul, thank you. Um, you had your hand up, please. I'll give you the last word. Thank you. Um, I think that this is raising the question of what 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 is to be done. What can I do? What what uh, what should we do? Um, is is the important question of the moment. And and of course, our teaching is the first thing you need to do is is zazen, so that you can see clearly. But also, there's many little things that you can do in, in our Valentine's Day. You know, we can we can. And explore what would make our significant other more comfortable. You know, we can we can take that on as a as a way of of, of building building that relationship. And then there's many little things that we could do. I have my own little quirks that I do, but I reminded me of uh, Utah Phillips, which is a folk singer of my my early the previous generation of me actually. And he always traveled with a, with a rubber a rubber chicken. A plucked rubber chicken. He carried it with him at all times, and when he checked into a hotel, he would put it on the counter. And when he went to the to the, to the restaurant, he would put it on the on the chair next to him. And it's just you can't be taken too seriously if you're carrying a rubber chicken. So I always <laughs> thought that was a great a great way of neutralizing any kind of a superiority he might feel about himself. Anyway, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. So we may all. Find our own. May we all find our own rubber chickens. So, uh, David Ray, we'll close now and have uh, uh, chanting and then announcements and then uh, some uh, informal open time. Thank you all for being here. Yes, I will um, share the screen and we will chant the um, repentance verse three times before the Heart Sutra. And I'm going to try to share the audio file for the Heart Sutra. We'll see how it goes. If you look like you're chanting, I'll know that it's working. All right, let's see. All right. And first, the repentance verse. All my ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion born through body, speech, and mind 
I now fully avow all my ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion born through body, speech, and mind. I now fully avow all my ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion born through body, speech, and mind, I now fully avow. Heart of Great Perfect Wisdom Sutra, ah, ah, ah. Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva Which 
is all suffering and is true, not false. Therefore, we proclaim the Prajaparamita mantra, the mantra that says, Gate, Gate, Paragate, Parsamgate, Bodhisattva. May all awakened beings extend with true compassion their luminous mirror wisdom. With full awareness, we have chanted the heart of great perfect wisdom sutra. We dedicate this merit to our original ancestor in India, great teacher Shakyamuni Buddha, our first woman ancestor, great teacher Mahaprajapati, our first ancestor in China, great teacher Bodhidharma, our first ancestor in Japan, great teacher Ehe Dogen, our first ancestor in America, great teacher Shogaku Shunryu, the perfect wisdom Bodhisattva Manjushri, and to the fulfillment of practice of all members of all Sanghas, Gratefully, we offer this virtue to all beings. All Buddhas throughout space and time, all honored ones, bodhisattvas, mahasattvas, wisdom beyond wisdom, Maha-prajna-paramita.